Hey friends, it's Larry Boatwright. And before we dive into the service today, I just wanna take a moment and just acknowledge that we live in a country that is really hurting right now. People from every background hurting over the senseless death of George Floyd and countless other people of color. Um, today, we're not focusing exclusively on that in this service, but I don't want you to think that we're not paying attention. We are, we're listening, we're praying, we're asking God what we can do. Um, in this season to make a difference and to be a voice for hope and justice in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. We already had it scheduled for next weekend and I just want you to know to hang on, we're gonna have a great service today. But next weekend, my friend Narup and I are gonna have a conversation continuing on in our Not Like Me series on a love greater than ethnicity. And we're gonna talk about what ethnicity and race have to do with the gospel, what surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus, what being advocates for justice and hope um, look like as a part of that conversation. So hope that you'll tune in next week on the 14th of June as we talk about that. And uh, really looking forward to the conversation. Church, let's keep praying. Let's keep listening. Let's keep seeking. And we'll talk soon. Let's jump into our service today. Hey, South. My name's Carolyn Schmidt, and I get to give the call to worship this morning. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south. Psalm 107, 1 through 3. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt the Lord together. Psalm 34, one through three. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Psalm 96, one through three. And now, let us sing. Well, good morning, South Fellowship Church. Let's worship him. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging, please again. I need you. Oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads. Water for my thirsty soul, I need you. Oh God, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony in my ear. It's like holy water on my skin. Dead man walking, slave to sin. I want to know about being born again. I need you. Oh God, I need you. So take me to the riverside. Take me under baptize. I need you. Oh God, I need you. Your forgiveness 
is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my skin. your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Sing that again. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. One more time. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change your forgiveness. It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of the symphony in my ears. It's like holy water. forgiveness it's like sweet sweet honey on my lips it's like the sound of a symphony in my ears it's like holy water on my skin it's like holy water on my skin it's like holy church, in light of the fact that I'm standing here with this incredible scene behind me, I felt like we should center our worship service around God's creation. God's creation reveals to us his nature, his power, his beauty, his goodness. Isaiah 40 verse 12 and following says this, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands and marked off the heavens with a span? enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in, in a balance. Listen to that. Who has weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? The Lord has done these things. It thunders, the oaks start twisting, the forest sounds with cedars breaking, the waters see you and start their writhing, from the depths a song is writhing, now it's rising from the ground. Holy, holy, holy Lord, the 
voice it thunders the ground is shaking the mighty mountains now are trembling the creation sees you and starts composing the fields and trees they start rejoicing sing it it's rising from the ground Now It's rising from the ground Hear us crying out Hear us crying out Holy, 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 holy Lord The earth is Let all 
things that create a bless and worship him in humbleness oh praise him Fellowship Church, I miss singing this song in a room together because you sing that hallelujah so beautifully, but that doesn't mean we can't imagine. Just imagine the voices raised, hallelujah, and all of creation declaring hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And sing that again and just imagine that in your head, the voices raising up hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. One of the reasons I think creation causes us to worship so much is because when we look at the majesty of God's creation, the magnitude, and as we discover through science how infinitely large the universe is, I mean, 
galaxy upon galaxy and then the majesty of these mountains. It's hard to believe that God would think of us, little old us. (laughs) Psalm 8, starting in verse 3, says this. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have made and set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Reminds me of even though God is infinitely powerful, the gospel then reminds me that he knows me individually. This song is about how God loves us even though we fail to worship him so often. Creation never fails, but we do. And yet he loves little old us in all of creation. It's unbelievable. An intimate love. I've been strong and I have broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I have been reckless at every bend. I've held everything together and watched it shatter And I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath I've wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender Chased my heart adrift and drifted home again Plundered blessing till I've been desperate to find redemption. And every time I turned around, Lord, you're still there. I was found before I was lost. I was yours before I was not. Your grace to spare. For all my mistakes, that part just wrecks me. And I know I I don't deserve this kind of love. Somehow, this kind of love is who you are. It's a grace I could never add up. To be somebody you still want Somehow You love me as you find me Love me as you find me Who am I to think your glory needs my praises? But if this borrowed breath is yours, Lord, take it all. You are faithful and you are gracious and I'm just grateful to think you don't need a single thing and still you want my heart. And I was found before I was lost. I was yours. Before I was not, where the scars for all my mistakes, and that part just wrecks me. 
deserve this kind of love But somehow This kind of love is who you are It's a grace I could never add up To be somebody you still want Somehow You love me as you find me this little tag because it's a reminder that yes he loves us right where we are but his love is too good to just leave us wallowing in our own sin in our own destructive patterns he draws us forward into his way into the Jesus way sing it with me your love's too good to leave me today we have been in a series called not like me and we, we've also been hearing a lot of questions that you have pressing questions like what's happening with this covid season and what about the search process do we have someone that's going to be our next new pastor and you know what are we going to do next and so larry and i are here today to 
to help answer some of those questions. Um, but we wanna do something that I think is really important. And that's the spiritual art of community reflection. Mm. Because I think that as we're in a transitional year and even coming out of some of the lightning of a crisis, it's so important for us to take a moment to debrief and to reflect, to look back on what this year has been for us before we start to look forward into what's next. And as we look back, I think we'll see this year um, and this story of ours is not only our story, it's, it's uniquely ours, but it does echo a story of the saints who have gone before us. You know, only a year ago, last summer, we had our shepherd and teacher stand before us and tell us that he was leaving. Mm. And, and he told us to, to continue on without him. He told us to, to lean in to what the Spirit is doing and, and that maybe, perhaps, the best is yet to come. Man, does that seem to ring a bell? As I read through the book of Acts, I see a people, a, a group of followers of Jesus that were just recovering from Jesus, uh, leaving them once before and raising from the dead and coming back to be with them in the flesh. And yet he stood before them and he said, I'm going to leave you, but lean in and continue on without me because something better is yet to come. And we know that just a few verses later in Acts 1, Jesus did, he left. And we also said our goodbyes to our shepherd and leader, and, and we continued on. And this past year has been full of ups and downs, um, beautiful times and really hard times. In some ways, it's felt like a really long season, like it's never going to end. And yet, there's been wonderful and, and really splendid things that have happened in the midst of this. So we want to take some time today to look at, at some of those great things that have happened and also reflect on, on some of the things that we've lost or the things that have been painful for us. Because just like the people, the followers of Jesus, they continued on and their leadership made decisions and they continued uh, to wait for what was coming. But all in all, I'm sure that time was stretching and, and pressing and felt like a long time. Yeah, you know, a lot's happened over this, this past year. And, you know, we had an all-volunteer training in August. We had a great Advent season, a great Christmas Eve season. And it felt like we started the beginning of this year, this calendar year, back in January with the bang. We, we uh, started a Mark, Gospel of Mark series. Um, coming off a great Christmas and Advent, there was a lot of energy a lot of momentum, and uh, we came into this year really exciting. And then something happened that that kind of took the wind out of all of our sails, and that is what? COVID. Who would have thought six months ago we would even be having conversations about this, this thing that we can't even see with our eyes? It rocked us and turned our world upside down, and life for all of us changed, didn't it? 
you know, as a church staff, we had a handful of days from finding out that like we can't actually do church the way we were doing. We had a handful of days to sort of reboot how we do church and to start doing it online and to meet people that we really care about online instead of in our facility. And you might not know this, but we weren't up and ready. It's not like we had all the technology set up and we were already streaming online. We had to like literally on a Friday night, start an online church campus that started on a Sunday. And it's been such a change for so many churches. In fact, the service we use for church online went from 50 churches using it to 5,000 churches using it in only two weeks. Big time flip upside down of the model. And on top of all that, we lost not only coming here on campus for all of us, we became trapped in our homes with stay at home. We, we couldn't go out except for emergencies. And certain people who were very vulnerable, they couldn't go out at all. And because of that, a lot of us have felt tension and anxiety and fear and suppressed. And there are all these rules that we had to follow and regulations and trying to keep up with all the unknowns that we had to contend with. And so for many people, it was, and maybe even for some of us today, it still is. It feels like one of those all is lost moments. I think if we're honest, we've all had a lot of loss in this season. And I just want to encourage us to just pause this morning as we do this spiritual reflection as a community to, to think about what we've lost. Maybe collectively, maybe you're thinking about the loss of church services. Maybe you're thinking of the loss of a pastor. Maybe you're thinking of something personally, the loss of closeness with friends, or maybe you've even lost your job or lost a loved one or a relationship in the midst of all this. I want you to think about what that might be. And if you're watching this live right now, go right in the chat, chat box and, think, and just write a word maybe or phrase that describes what you've lost, lost as just a spiritual practice of lament. And if you're watching this at another time, you can just journal this, think about it. And we're going to go ahead and and pause. I'm going to wait for a half a minute or so for you to think about what's been lost before we move into what God's uniquely up to in this season. Would you just take a moment and do that? That might feel awkward being quiet for a period of time and just thinking about loss, but it's such a healthy, important thing for us to do. And as Yvonne said earlier, imagine how the early church felt as Jesus, they lost him not once, but, but twice. Yeah. So as they were waiting on whatever this was that was better to come, I would imagine that they felt like they were in a holding pattern. And we felt that a lot this year. We felt like it's been a waiting period. And even in the midst of COVID, it's that waiting has drug on and it's felt maybe even heavier than before COVID. But as we continue to read the story into Acts 2, we see that the early followers of Jesus were there. They were present. 
And the Spirit of God was faithful to move them and their story forward. Mm. And I think that the Spirit came in, and when he did, he, he infused their waiting, and he started expanding their reach further than ever before. And they started to see brand new things happening because they were ready and accepting of his spirit. And it's made me wonder, you know, maybe this transition for South and this pandemic and the repercussions of that, what if that's a part of our story or our acts too, and the way that the spirit is moving our story forward? And he's moving it into something new. And not just for new sake, but because his kingdom can benefit as something better is coming. But I know that some of you have felt like this season of our church has been on pause. You know, I've heard different people say, I can't wait till there's a new pastor and we get this church going again. Or I can't wait till we're back in the building like we're designed to be. And what I think the, the day of Pentecost and the coming of God's Spirit and, and the story of Acts 2 reminds us is that the Spirit of God no longer filled buildings and structures. The Spirit of God filled people. And that's because people are the church, mm. not the building. And we have seen that uniquely in this season, that we have relied on the Spirit of God in the people of God to go into their neighborhoods and, and to find what the Lord is doing around them and in them and empowering through them. I think that perhaps this is a season of Pentecost in our own, in our own church family and in our own story as he's renewed us and, and he's empowered us to go out and expanding our reach of what we can do. Mm. But that means that we've never stopped being the church. In fact, we wanna continue to reflect on the ways that we have been the church and celebrate those things. You know, there's been a lot of learning this past year and a lot of doing and being. And I know maybe for some of us, and we've heard this, people feel like well, we're just waiting and we're kind of stuck. But the thing is, it's important that we pause and remember that the Lord's been moving in a lot of ways. And then this church has had to pull together in ways that maybe we haven't had to in a long time. We had to learn to leverage technology to meet people where they were. We had to learn to receive from different speakers and different styles of preaching over the last several months instead of you know, depending on one person. And God has brought all kinds of innovation and learning and teamwork, not just by the staff and elders, but by you, by people working together, all of us working together. We started things like Zoom rooms and Kids Moments. And there's a team called South Cares that's meeting the needs, not just in South, but out in neighborhoods and out in the community. And even our reach, as Yvonne sort of said, is expanded. We're reaching hundreds more people during the season of online than we were before. Uh, as a matter of fact, Easter gathering was probably the largest Easter gathering we've ever had because we had four or 5,000 people engage in that service online. That's a huge deal. We couldn't have done that on this campus. 
you know, women's ministry, they simplified and streamlined their programming. We, we've experienced some depth and vulnerability in those groups, even though they've been online. That is absolutely mind-blowing. We've had a lot of honest conversations, and, and our heart to reach out into our community didn't stop with COVID. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've been in this series called Not Like Me, and we've been talking about how to take the message that we, that we have in here out there. And we've, we're seeing people actually doing that in this season, meeting their community's needs. Also, about 18 months ago, we came together as a church community and we raised about $80,000 and decided to really make a significant investment into our food bank to renovate it. And at the time, it was so that we could serve more people. Um, and a team came together, led through that renovation and happened. And little did we know that because we did that back then, God was going to give us the tools we needed to step up big time in this COVID season. And honestly, we couldn't be doing what we're doing at the food bank during COVID. How do we not renovated it 18 months ago? See, God was moving a long time ago. He was setting the stage. He was putting things into practice and um, allowing the food bank to become something very special um, beyond what it even was before. And so I want to just take a moment and we're just going to show you this video that's just a, has some people who are involved in the food bank. So you can see some of the transformation there and how God's using it during this season. Hi, I'm Sharon Motzner, and I'm the director of South Fellowship Food Bank. I started when this food bank was a tiny little closet. Teams are important because it's not about any one of us. It's about a common goal. I'm Erin Young, so I got started helping in the food bank. And I lead, right now I'm leading teams on Saturday. Thank you. Joe! What comes in every week is mostly fresh and perishable. It's only good for three or four days. Um, and so that's only gonna feed a family for maybe two or three days by the time they get it. But we also like to give them non-perishables. So give them some tuna and canned beans um, and frozen food. Because of the COVID crisis that we have right now, we have to shop for people in the food bank. And it's such a blessing to serve them by shopping for them. We have to put ourselves in their, uh, in their place, in their shoes. I've really gotten an opportunity to talk to people more and kind of, we, now we have to ask them everything about their food preferences and what they'd like and we ask them for things that they might like prayer for. You learn so much about the people that are coming to the food bank. It's amazing. It's amazing how organized it is and how efficient it is. I just remember seeing some of the before and after pictures and it's really incredible all the work that's gone into it. I think there's just so much intentionality because we, really, we want to be able to give people things that are high quality, that they can really use. A lot of the hard work of the people who have been committed to this for a long time have, has made that happen. Oh, having the renovation done for this time especially, has so many people have been amazing um, at contributing to this um, new renovation and making it amazing. It's, it's God. It's not me doing it. It's not the team. It's God. I'm so grateful for every little act of love, kindness, thoughtfulness. We couldn't run without you.
not only have we seen God work in our food bank and through our church community, we've actually seen God working in you. Mm. You have been taking extras from the food bank and bringing it to your neighbors by delivery or by opening up your garage and letting people shop. We've seen you start up online groups and create community within your neighborhood and within our church body. We've seen you dropping by neighbors and encouraging them, maybe meeting neighbors for the first time. And we've heard stories of you picking up the phone and calling someone that you haven't talked to in years or someone that you've never met in our church family before. You have gotten on your knees and, and have prayed fervently for this season, for our church, for our community, and for your neighbors and friends. That's you. And we are so proud of you for being the church. There are so many more stories that we haven't even touched. And we would love for you to share some of what you've seen the Spirit of God do in this season. We're gonna take some time and Aaron's gonna lead us through some music. And during that time, we would love for you to take some reflection and post in that chat feed some ways that you've seen the Spirit of God show up, whether it's in people of South or even in your neighborhoods. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you never fail me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won For you will never fail me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your this is my confidence, you never failed me yet. And you never will. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to Still in your hands 
song and and I love all the things we just got through talking about I love singing songs of celebrating God's faithfulness and the past and kind of trusting that he's going to do things into the future and you know it's great to celebrate all that God has done and to look forward to what he's going to continue doing but I also have been doing this long enough to know that there are some people uh, that you see these things or you hear what we're talking about or you hear the lyrics to that song and you think I haven't been able to experience any of those things I haven't been able to find a joy and excitement about the future. And maybe right now you feel like you're just drifting along. Maybe, maybe you feel stuck. You know, and reading some feedback from the survey that Yvonne and her team did recently, we know that a number of people um, are wondering if we're stuck as a church. You know, maybe you're wondering, well, where are we with the lead pastor search? Or when are we reopening? Or are we ever going to reopen? Or when can I see my friends? Or when can I volunteer again? Or sort of questions like that. And, and for a lot of people in this season, the future is just sort of a big fat question mark. Maybe the question you're asking is, well, what's next for the church? Or maybe even what's next for me? And those are really good questions. And, and our hope today with the rest of our time is to add some clarity to your life, to answer both of those questions. We're going to spend the rest of our time talking about what's next. Where is God taking us? What does that look like the next few months as a church, and we're also going to invite you to step into what God is doing. We're going to give you some practical ways that you can get involved in what God's doing in the life of our church. So the two questions that people are asking the most about, uh, number one, what's the latest with the lead pastor search? And number two, 
when do we get to do church like we've normally done it? And so first things first, I received a couple of emails this week from some people going, uh, is there an update coming about the lead pastor search? And we also saw a lot of people asking that on the survey as well. And, and some people are wondering if because of COVID or finances or whatever, if we pushed pause on the search. Well, I'm happy to tell you uh, that we have not pushed pause. The elders have been working diligently since middle or late April when the search team gave us the top three candidates. And we've been working really hard at that. And God's continued to bless us financially. We're continuing to move forward. We're really just amazed at how God has blessed us. So I I want you to hear the latest about what's going on with the search team. And so uh, Tom Walker and Rob Seaman are two of our elders, and they're going to share right now where we're at. Thank you, Larry. Hello, South Fellowship. I'm Rob Seaman. This is Tom Walker. We serve the elder board here at South. I also had the privilege of serving on the search team in this adventure as we seek who God has next for the lead pastor at South. Before we give an update, we have, we have to take a moment to say thank you. We want to thank the South community for continuing to come alongside in prayer uh, with the, not only the search team, but now the elders. Uh, we also have to give a shout out to the search team. Search team, thank you and, to, and your families for pouring nearly eight months into this process. Um, and finally, South staff, Thank you for continuing to fully and faithfully serve the Lord in this season. I've got to tell you, God is good, and we are excited what He is doing uh, in, as we seek the next lead pastor at South. Since the last update, the elders have looked at the top five candidates from the search team, and we are thankful to report that uh, we will be bringing two of these candidates for an on-site visit here at South. We plan to have an interview with them and their spouses. We plan to bring them in so they can see the environment and just walk around at this place uh, that God has provided that we call home here at South. Tom? You know, I wanted to add, uh, thanks Rob. I wanted to add that uh, our hope is to have a decision by the end of June, but we're also uh, aware that we we have to hold that very loosely because the Lord may send us in a different direction and we have to be open to that. Our, our hope is by the end of June, we'll have a decision made. But we're not going to make any promises because, again, we need to listen to the Lord's heart as we go through the next uh, almost 30 days. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to add uh, one thing, um, and that is that it's interesting to go through this process as an elder team uh, because we have a, a vast degree of, of experience between, <laughs> between us. There's guys who have been missionaries uh, for many years in the field, mm-hmm. guys who have served in ministry full-time for their entire professional career. There are those of us who are business people and entrepreneurs. And so we all come at this uh, decision from a very, a, a very different place. And so we have a lot of differing opinions, which is a good thing. And yet it, it uh, gives us an opportunity to really see how unified we are in our decision making. So we came to this place where we needed to begin every meeting with worship, uh, with time in prayer, where we would just sit before the Lord quietly and, and wait for the Spirit to speak to our heart before we began our discussion. And I know we didn't always start our meetings that way, but we learned uh, that this was the way to really bring unity and to really seek God's heart in this decision. So that's been our approach. Um, We just want to ask you uh, to continue praying with us through this month of of June. This is really a critical time for our church and a critical time for us as a body. So thank you very much. We love you, and uh, we hope to see you in person very soon. Awesome. Well, as you can see, we're coming down to the end of the search process soon, and we're going to talk a little bit later about how you can take an active role in that process as we get toward the end. 
So the second question a lot of people are asking is, when can we get back to doing church the way we used to? Or maybe, didn't the president say that we should be meeting now? So like, why are we watching this on video right now? Well, <laughs> those are fair questions. Uh, as I shared last weekend, we can't wait to be able to get back together with you. We miss you so much. We miss seeing you in the lobby. We miss singing with you. We miss hanging out with you in our building on a, on a regular basis. That sounds so great, doesn't it? And I want you to know, and I want to reassure you as a leadership team, that we're taking this really seriously. We're not pushing it off. We're not ignoring it. We want to be together, for sure. But we also want to honor our leadership and the people that God's put us in and the, and the community around us. And so, like many of us, we find ourselves kind of living in three tensions. The tension of wanting to be with the people. The second tension of wanting to obey the rules. And the third is to be good citizens and neighbors. And if you put yourself in our shoes as a leadership team, that's a lot to hold in tension. And we're asking questions about those three things. And so as we do this, as we, as we move forward, there are three things we're trying to do really well right now. The first one is we're just trying to stay connected to Jesus. That's so important. We're praying, we're reading the scriptures, we have dedicated formation time, we're asking for wisdom, we're listening to authorities and we're listening to experts, but above all else, we're trying to stay connected to Jesus and his heart and his way. The second thing is we're trying to actually make plans and take action. So we've not actually been sitting idle, we've been planning ahead, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but that means that we're planning ahead so that we're responding, not reacting. And then the third thing we're trying to do really well is we're holding everything that we're doing loosely. We're trying to hold it loosely. And this means we're doing our best to make plans, take action, and chart a course forward that honors God and honors those in authority above us and those um, who are in our community. But we also know that we have to be flexible. And we might have to change our plans as we go. I'm going to give you an example. There was a time a few months ago after COVID started that we were as a staff in kind of the war room is what we called it, trying to reboot how we do ministry. And we had to shift some gears pretty, pretty quickly. So we were, we were brainstorming and I had just got through writing something on the board, or I was maybe mid-sentence writing something on the board. Uh, this is what we plan to do. And literally during the meeting, while I'm writing what we're going to do, someone said, the governor just released an update that said X, Y, Z. And I immediately grabbed a towel and just started <laughs> wiping the thing off the board because it just got our plans were undone. That's what I mean by holding things lightly. We've had to do that over and over and over again the last, last few months. And so we've had a lot of conversations about what steps we're going to take as we try to come back together. And, and we've also been in conversation with dozens of other churches around the country and trying to learn from them what steps they're taking. How are they holding those tensions well and, and wisely also? And so in the last week or so, we've had this re-entry task force that's come together to take what we've learned and what we've discussed and what others are doing and to do some research and to really lay out a healthy plan for re-entry. And I'm excited about this team. It's made up of some staff people. It's made up of some volunteers. They're all people who love South. Every one of them are really good thinkers. They really love Jesus. Uh, they love this church and they're willing to sit in those tensions, those three that I talked about and embrace those tensions and wrestle with those tensions uh, to create a healthy, simple plan that we can share with the whole church and all be on the same page about where we're going. We have people who get facilities, they're thinking about formation, about volunteerism. We even have a medical doctor who's a part of the team. And we're all working together to lay out a reasonable plan to bring us back together over time. 
So a handful of things about that, just the process itself that I want you to know, and then I'm just gonna give you a couple quick things uh, as far as strategy moving forward. The first thing is we're gonna do our best in the next couple of weeks to share with you sort of a, a draft of the plan. And remember how we said we needed to be flexible. It's gonna evolve over time, but we wanna have a place on our website where you can simply see these are the steps we're taking toward re-entry. Uh, re Another thing I want you to know is that we're not creating in a vacuum. It's not like the five of us are in a room and we're just going, we, we know all the answers. Believe us, we don't. Um, there's not a roadmap for this. There is no book that says, well, this is how you do this. So we're inviting a lot of voices into this. So you need to know that. And then finally, we're not going to go from where we've been these last three or four months to being fully open overnight. So maybe if that's something you've been expecting. You need to take some time and process what I just said. We're not going from zero to 60 overnight. It's simply impossible. And so we're gonna roll it out in phases, meaning we'll slowly start opening things back up. We're gonna open up a little bit at a time. Now, I know there are people in the community, they just want us to rip off the Band-Aid and start meeting fully open. And I also know that there are those in our community who are terrified that as a leadership team, we're gonna do that and, and everything in between. And this, this, if we're just really honest, this is a topic that's got a lot of tension around it because there's a lot of opinions, people who believe um, different sets of science data, who argue about which voices to listen to, about what the right thing to do is, what the wrong thing to do. It's very mixed. And so the first thing I would ask is that you'd be patient with us as a team as we work through this and as our staff and our elders work through this and try to very wisely lead us into the future. Would you uh, be patient, number one, but also would you pray? Would you pray for wisdom? Would the heart of Jesus be so deeply in us that the spirit of Jesus would be so alive in us, the spirit of God, that we would make really wise decisions? Be, be praying. One of the big questions is when we'll be able to meet on site and have worship gatherings in our auditorium. And that's a really great question. And here's the answer. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I did. There are a lot of factors that go into that. We have to think about a lot of things that determine when we can actually meet fully on site on our campus. And the regulations that we're under right now, at least through the end of June and probably through the end of July, um, would allow us to only have 50 people in our auditorium at once. And we'd have to be very intentional about entrance and exit. And, and the, the regulations require that everyone over the age of two wear a mask. This isn't something that I made up or Yvonne made up or our team made up. This is what's being handed down to us. And not to mention the stringent cleansing protocols that we are required to follow. And as you might imagine, that's a lot. I mean, realistically, it might be weeks and weeks. It might even be months before we can fully meet in person like we used to in our facility. And I want you to hear me, trust me, I'm as brokenhearted over that as anybody. But does that mean that the church is dead in the water? I'm really glad you asked that question. Well, you didn't, but I asked it for you. And the short answer is no. You see, the church over the last couple of millennia has actually thrived when restrictions are imposed or when oppression happens or when obstacles are put in front of the church. The church has been at her best. Listen, when she turns obstacles into opportunities. And for most of church history, you might not know this, but Christians didn't have a building. They didn't have a facility like this. We like to think of the big cathedrals in Europe and all those sorts of things as like, well, that's what the church has always been like. It's not true. As a matter of fact, I'd argue that most Christians today, when you look at the numbers, don't meet in church buildings. 
They don't, not just because of COVID, but because God has the meeting in other ways around the world. The church is exploding around the world and it has nothing to do with the church building. And so the question might be, okay, well then how do we come together and how can we be the church? How can we find a way to let the people of South be together? How could we find a way to continue on getting to know and love our neighbors well? So I want to ask you uh, this morning to turn in your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2 again. And now let's just get a look at what the early church looked like. So keep in mind, this is after Jesus has ascended, the church has started to become the church. In Acts 2, starting in verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. If I just stop there, I think you would say, well, that sounds a lot like church to me. That's because it is. 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then so exciting as a result of all these things and the spirit was moving, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved, those who became a part of the family of God. See, the early church, they didn't have a building. There was the temple, and they did go there sometimes, and they had conversations, and they were around it, but they didn't have the luxury of having a facility. They had real limitations on what getting together could look like. But here's the cool thing. The gospel flourished, and the community thrived amidst sort of the circumstances of the day. And, and I believe that's what God is asking us to do. And Yvonne and I are here today to say, we're looking back at what God has been doing amidst some really difficult things. And we want you to hear that we sense that God has been moving us forward all along and is pushing us into a new season that's really exciting. And we want to respond to what's been given. And instead of shutting down, we want to move forward. We're gonna continue moving forward and we believe the gospel will continue to flourish and the community will thrive. That's what happened in the early church. That's what's happening now. How did they do it? Well, they met in homes. They met as they were going. Instead of a centralized building everyone came to, the, the gospel is spread most when people go out of the church building. When the, when the church has left the building, the church can do so many great things in the name of Jesus. And so we know we can't meet in large gatherings in the near future, but we're still going to have church because we are excited that Jesus is calling us forward. Well, what does that look like for us? Well, we're going to have church at home, house churches, house churches. What does that mean? Well, essentially everything we do on Sunday at South, you can do in your home. Did you know that? Worship, you can sing, you can listen to a message, you can take communion, you can pray, you can enjoy fellowship with one another. And, and guess what? Here's the thing. You're literally doing those things right now as you're participating in this service. We're going to have communion today. You're doing everything in your home that we would do if we're together. And you might not even know that. We've heard stories of families gathering together and doing church, and that's essentially what a house church is. It's just a group of people that say, you know, I'm going to get together with family and friends, maybe from South. I might even consider inviting people from my neighborhood into my home to do church, if you will on Sunday mornings. And imagine gathering at your home or in the backyard or whatever's most comfortable for you um, with 10 people or so, and hopefully soon it'll open up to 15 or 20 people um, and watch the 10 a.m. gathering together. And then to discuss what you're learning, what Jesus is doing in your life. 
and to take seriously trying to live out what you're learning, live out the commands of Jesus, to do your best in community to live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. That's powerful. You might be wondering, well, why should I be in a house church? I'm not sure I'm into that. Well, listen, the gospel spread like wildfire around the world in homes and coffee shops and unorthodox places outside of a, a centralized church building. And so you should be in a house church because Jesus can use it to form you more fully. You can engage in spiritual practices together, together in community. You can sharpen one another in your journey. You'll have people to do life with and to go through the ups and downs that life provides in community. And you can reach into your neighborhoods as a result of your house church and love people where they are. House churches are the perfect place to practice what we've been talking about in this Not Like Me series. And, and my hope is that while we're waiting, as we're waiting to get back together in a large environment, the church will become courageous. And, and as we're allowed, begin meeting in smaller groups and homes and backyards and doing exactly every Sunday what we would typically do here in our facility. And my hope, honestly, above all, is that we would be deeply formed in community by this, that, that this would rattle our hearts for Jesus, that it would rattle our neighborhoods for Jesus, that, that there are people who would come to your home who might never come to the church, even if you invited them. And so we're going to begin the phases over the next few weeks of moving back toward coming together. But one of the important pieces of that now um, is helping our community begin to connecting in simple house churches to watch the service together, to break bread together, to pray together, and to be the church in a really unique way in this season. Yvonne's going to tell you in just a moment how you can take a real step forward in this, but I want you to hear us. We're excited to meet all together, but we're not going to wait until we're allowed to get all together to form into community and continue being the church. I'm so excited, Sal, to see how God's going to use this in this next season to form us, to form communities, and to bless our neighbors. You might also be asking, okay, I get that. We're getting a new lead pastor. We're starting house churches. We have phases. We're going to be moving back toward uh, gathering in person. But maybe you're asking the question, what's next for me? And as you ask that question, we want to encourage you to do the same things we're calling our church to do. And that first means stay connected to Jesus. It is so important in this season that us as individual followers of Jesus remain connected to him and filled with his spirit so that we're guided more by his way and his heart than by the other authorities or ideas or opinions of the world. So we need you to stay connected with Jesus. But we also want to provide ways for you to stay connected to Jesus with us. And our elders have been doing a lot of thinking about how we could offer ways to be together and unified uh, with Jesus. So I'm going to pass it off to Tom and Rob again for them to share with you what you can do in the next 28 days. Thanks, Yvonne. You know, one of the things that uh, we've discussed about elders is how do we invite the entire body into this process um, so we really, we really felt that the format that we came up with would be a great one uh, that we could practice with you. Uh, number one, to be in worship together. Mm -hmm. Number two, to really be uh, in prayer, in deep prayer. And number three, to be in fasting. And so we invited the watchmen to uh, participate and actually collaborate with us on a really simple guide in those three areas, worship, prayer, and fasting. 
so that each of us could participate in our own way, uh, whether we're in small groups doing that or whether we're doing that in the park on Sundays that Yvonne has, has uh, told you about. By the way, I, I did that last Sunday and it was a lot of fun. It was really a great time. Uh, people came out from their homes. A few people came out to see what was going on. Uh, and it, it was just cool to, to be out there worshiping the Lord uh, in a public park. It, it was different. So with that said, um, we're going to make available to you uh, what the watchmen, who are great prayer warriors in our body, it's a great ministry, what they've come up with uh, for us uh, to participate in this unique time for South Fellowship. Uh, lastly, we just want to say thank you. You know, this process for the elders has been, uh, it's been very special for us, and it's also been very unifying. We're really hoping to be 100% in unity with regard to our lead pastor decision, but moving forward to be a church of prayer. So thank you. We love you. We miss you. And again, we're looking forward to seeing you face to face. The second thing we'll need from you is to plan and take action. My heart is that you would plan how you're going to love those around you. I know that there are so many opinions out there, and you've told us some of those. But as we come back to meeting together, be prepared to love one another well. And some of that may mean taking some action and moving forward with some of the ways our church is taking steps forward. You could join a house church or you could host a house church and you could continue forming and, and being deeply connected to others in a small setting as we join together. So one step you could take today is by filling out a little form. If you are interested in hosting, we would love to come alongside you, to train you and give you all the instructions that you need uh, to build your own house church. Or maybe you're interested in being a part of a house church, but there's no way you could host it from your home. And again, you could sign up today and let us know and we can help place you in a house church that might be close to you or, or right for you in this season. And then if, I'm sure that there are some of you out there that are still asking, I still don't know about this house church idea and I need a little more information. You can fill out that same form that will be in the thread and let us know that you need a little more information and we'll follow up with you and hope to answer your questions. Another way that you could take action with us is by creating some spaces to connect this summer. Today, we're opening our Facebook meetup group, and this will be a great platform where you can create an event and invite people from South to join you or spontaneously write, hey, who wants to go for a hike with me? And hopefully people will respond. So we would invite you to join our Facebook group today and start learning about the opportunities that those around us and in our community are providing for you to stay connected. And then the last way we would ask you to partner with us is to remain flexible. We said that our church needs to remain flexible, but we need each one of you to remain flexible and willing to be stretched and moved and molded and even pivot uh, quickly with us as a church. Because like Larry said, there's not a roadmap ahead of us and we're trying to make advised and wise decisions, but 
we don't know what might come down the road. So we really encourage you to remain flexible with us and, and we'll do the same. Now, as we conclude our time of community reflection, we have looked at what's happened over this last year, the good and the bad, the losses and the, the beautiful celebrations. And we've looked ahead toward the next steps that we would like to take as a church and ways that you can join us in that. But one thing we would like to add over these next four weeks is a practice that, was be that began with Jesus and was carried on in these house churches. And that's the practice of the table, the Lord's Supper or communion, as some might call it. And this is an amazing practice that Jesus laid out for us and will unify us around him still being the head of our church and his spirit still empowering us as individuals and as a corporate community uh, to take those next steps in unity with him. So I'm going to invite you to find your elements. You can find your juice and crackers. And we're going to take and receive communion together. And I wanted to mention that word receive communion. As we imagine Jesus taking the bread and the wine with his disciples and breaking it and offering it to those next to him, he said to take these things and to actually eat the bread and to drink the wine as a way of receiving what he has done for us. And we are today receiving from him. It's not something that we can conjure up and plan for ourselves or seek out and achieve. The gift of what Jesus did for us is to allow us to receive his sacrifice and his forgiveness. Mm. And that process of eating and drinking as we do it today and as we do it in these house churches is a way for us to be reminded that it's not us doing the work. It's us receiving the work that has already been done for us. I know a place where I can find you here in the valley of the shadow give me eyes to see where you're leading me i know a place where i can feel you here in the freedom of forgiveness give me strength to hold fast to what I know you restore my soul I'm yours alone oh king of glory when dark gives way to light your hope will rise oh king of glory I know a 
your place where I can hear you. Your truth a whisper in the chaos. Give me faith to stand strong in this rushing wind. You restore my soul, I'm yours alone. So today, let's take our cracker and our bread and let's break it, remembering that Jesus said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks because even Jesus recognized that God was allowing us to receive this as Jesus was obedient to him, even till death on a cross. And so in that obedience, Jesus shed his blood. And this cup was to re represent his blood and the new covenant that was offered. So today, receive this cup in remembrance of him and in the receiving of his new covenant. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you have given us these to receive. You have allowed us to receive Jesus' sacrifice and his blood as the forgiveness of our sins. And you've invited us into a new covenant with you, meaning there's new life when we are walking in you, in your way and with your heart. So Father, we thank you for Jesus, for his sacrifice. And we also thank you for the spirit that continues to indwell your people in all different homes throughout the Denver area. We thank you for your spirit today. And we praise you for that new life and whatever new you would have for us. God, may we continue to surrender our ways to yours and continue to walk in confidence in your way. 
We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey everyone, my name is Teresa DeWitt and I'm the communications director here. I just wanted to say thanks so much for watching with us and I've got just a couple announcements to leave you guys with. So if you've been craving human connection over the last couple of months, I want you to listen up because today marks the official start of our summer meetup Facebook group. Uh, so go on over to our Facebook page and check out the meetups group. Uh, you'll find safe, fun ways to get connected with others. And even in the midst of social distancing, uh, we know our summer meetups aren't going to look quite the same as they have before, but we're going to make the most of it and do what we can to stay connected during this time. And if you're not a fan of Facebook, um, be sure that you're subscribed to our e-newsletter because we'll be posting some highlighted meetup opportunities there as well. So keep an eye out for that. So our world is in desperate need of prayer right now, and we are starting an initiative today called 28 Days of Prayer. There's going to be three different ways that you can get involved in this. The first is gathering with us on Sunday afternoon um, at 4 p.m. every Sunday at Littles Creek Park for a time of worship and prayer. The second is um, signing up for our daily devotional, if you haven't already. We'll be sending out prayer prompts five days a week that we can all be praying over together as a church family. And the third is to join us on Wednesday nights at 6.30 um, for our Watchman Prayer Zoom room. It's just a time of prayer um, that we can all be gathering together uh, every single week. And uh, yeah, we just really encourage you to get involved. Uh, you can learn more about that at southfellowship.org slash 28 days. And that's all we have for you guys today. Um, we're so glad that you joined us. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow. Um, we'd love to stay in contact with you. Uh, and if you're watching this live, be sure to join us in the Zoom rooms right after this. We'd love to see your face and uh, just kind of get together online with our church family. So uh, have a great week. We'll see you next time.